This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it <clears throat> a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. Let's welcome tonight's guest. Her preferred pronoun is winner. California gubernatorial candidate, Caitlin Jenner. This Mercedes has liberals looking like fiats. American Conservative Union Foundation senior fellow Mercedes. Slap. Her tongue is so sharp, she's only ever eaten grated cheese. Fox News contributor, Kat Tim. And try to follow in his footsteps, then you'll spend a lot of time climbing out of his footsteps. My massive sidekick and host of Death Set on Fox Station, Tyrus. Politics no more. We just want the score. In a new video, sports journalist Jason Whitlock reminds us that sports can bring out our best when we give politics a rest. His message that sports history is filled with moments that acted as unifiers of other des disparate groups. There was the 1995 South African Rugby World Cup win. Jesse Owens and Joe Lewis kicking German ass in the 1930s. And who can forget when Lincoln Hawk beat Bull Hurley, the undefeated world champion, right after Hawk's son apologized for misjudging him. That truly was over the top. <laughs> Nobody remembers the classic over-the-top film starring Sylvester Stallone. How dare you, America? Here's Jason. Mandela's presentation of the winner's trophy to team captain Francois Pinar stands as an iconic symbol of unity in post-apartheid South Africa. Yeah, the Owens and Lewis victories punctured Hitler's Aryan superiority myth, unified black and white Americans in pride and celebration, and established Owens and Lewis as America's first black national heroes. Sports allow us to experience the power of pure meritocracy, the only way to govern sports and the only way to govern life. Nailed it so far, but Whitlock cautions that sports now have gotten away from that unifying message. The entire American sports world, a culture that celebrated victors, colorblindness, and patriotism, has immersed itself in victimization and left-wing radicalism. Ultimately, the fans hold the power. If they accept sports as just another arena to fight political battles, you'll know dark days are ahead. If they reject it, we'll be headed back to a brighter future. Well said. And speaking of brighter futures, NCAA athletes, that means they're in college, cat scored a huge victory this week. The Supreme Court unanimously ruled that college athletes can be compensated as long as it's connected to their education, which sucks. <laughs> like, you're going to pay me a half million bucks to play, but I can only spend it on protractors and binders? Sorry, if that's the case, I'm majoring in sex ed and chemistry. That way I can write off the strippers and the meth. <laughs> Caitlin, I would have been a hell of an athlete if I, you know, decided I wanted to be. What do you do? What do, you, do you agree with Jason? <laughs> I do agree with him. You have to realize I went the other direction. I was an athlete all these years. Now I'm a politician. Yes. I'm going the opposite direction, right. you know. But um, I was there from the beginning, mm -hmm. politics and sports. Um, 
the Olympic arena is the greatest gift to the world. It brings, there's more countries uh, at the Olympics than are in the United Nations, mm -hmm. okay? This is the greatest gathering of, of people for good, for everything great, for competition, friendly competition, not wars. Mm -hmm. It has such great potential. Uh, I went to my first Olympics in 1972. Mm -hmm. I woke up one morning, Steve Prefontaine had just come in from a run and said, hey, I, you can't believe what's going on outside. Somebody's got shot or something. So I went downstairs to the commons and I realized that what had happened mm -hmm. and uh, that terrorists had come in and they had taken over the Israeli athletes and I heard one of them was shot and this and that. And I, and I was so upset. And anyway, we went around to where the Puerto Rican team was went out on the porch and I actually saw the guy standing, you know, that famous picture of the guy with the hat on right. in the doorway out on the balcony. I saw him ducked and said, oh, I was so upset because I here it is, this beautiful thing that we have and politics and death has come into this thing. Honestly, that's when the Olympics changed. That's when sports changed. Yeah, it happened in point. 1972. Yeah. And I, I was right in the building next door when it happened. Um, I don't like to see it. We have to keep politics out of this yeah. thing. It is the last thing of hope that we have out there. And, and, you, and, and Mercedes, I mean, you're in politics. We talk politics. But everywhere politics goes that is non-political, it poisons it. It can't. Oh, completely. It, 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 politics exists to prevent violence only in the political realm. But when it gets into sports or entertainment, it just the flower wilts. Can't we just have a safe space? Yeah. Like, let the sports be the safe space where politics does not enter. And, you know, Caitlin, to your point, the Olympics, that's a moment when we all come together as a country, when we beat the Russians, when we beat the Chinese. That's always the best when you get the USA gold medal. And it's so heartbreaking when you watch, for example, a, a USA Olympian say that she would burn the flag on the podium. But you know what's so amazing is that you can do that here in the United States. You can't do that in other countries, in China or in Venezuela. And so I think for sports, it's the one place that you were like, can I just have like a beer and mm. don't talk politics and just get it out of the way? And I think that that would it would really be a moment that should bring our country together as opposed to this divisiveness that we've seen. As you know, in your realm of wrestling, sports is there to create a division that lets people channel Channel that energy. Well, with, with football and basketball and then uh, when I got into sports entertainment, it's kind of basically the same thing. You know, when you're the bad guy, you want to make them boo and hate you. And, and when they love you, they, they cheer for you. I tend to, I get cheers here and I usually get booed in wrestling, but because <laughs> I choose to be the bad guy. Right. You know, I control the crowd. This, when you get into sports and we've seen the politics come into sports, but you have to be able to separate it. This is when you have to be an adult. I don't talk politics when I watch the Celtics play. I hate the Knicks. I don't care where they're from. When the Knicks play Celtics, I hate them. Everything about them, I hate them. I don't want anything bad to happen, but I don't want anything good to happen to during that time. But I separate it. Now we have social media and we have athletes who are also citizens. And if an athlete, when he takes his jersey off, chooses to be a Republican or a Democrat or to speak on an issue, we need to respect that. And then when he puts that jersey back on, you can love him again and you can disagree outside of the norms. Just like a lot of my friends, they're not Republicans, believe it or not. So we don't talk about it. But right. when we come together, I don't, everyone always talks about me and Snoop's relationship. How do you guys get along? Because we don't talk about politics. Yes. We talk about youth kids football and the Celtics and the Lakers rivalry. We, we have boundaries. And Americans, we need to keep boundaries. Yeah. It's okay if your favorite athlete 
isn't the same political realm as you. When he's on the field, you cheer for him. When he steps off it, you don't have to agree with him, and it, it's fine. When we get so offended by people being people, we do the same thing. But Every one of us does the same thing. Kat, you, uh, you've experienced this at parties where... Uh... Oh, ooh, <laughs> yes, yes, I have. And I will say, I actually just realized, I think sports does bring people together, and it is so inclusive because people will actually invite me to watch sporting <laughs> events with them. It can't be fun to have a girl there that's like, why does he have that point? Um, where'd that come from? But yeah, it's the worst when you're trying to have a good time. You're trying to unwind and enjoy yourself. And somebody decides to make the conversation about something that they know is going to cause division just for the sake of causing Mm. division. Because not only is it awful to be attacked, but a sneak attack when you're sitting there drinking a Miller Lite is the worst. Yeah, especially if you're drinking Miller Lite. Yes. All right, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. They're overcome with shame and claim whiteness is to blame. A podcast from The Washington Post suggests white people set up accountability groups to reflect on what terrible people they are. Because we haven't heard that enough. Host Nicole Ellis interviewed several whiteness experts, once again showing that anyone could be an expert in something that you just made up. And there you find that you and your family are deeply racist, awful people. And if you just spend all day skin shaming yourself, the world would be a better place. I am originally from a smaller town in Oklahoma. Whiteness was the default and whiteness was the comfort. The more you kind of dive into that, the more I'm really realizing how deeply rooted racism is into like my everyday thought process. No matter how much you work at that, there's still even almost more work to be done. Of course, but what if thinking more work needs to be done is also a sign of whiteness? (laughs) Does it get worse? Part of the structure of racism and the way that it's maintained is to keep us from recognizing that racism is a part of our daily lives. And so it's a longer term process of looking at your understanding of yourself in the world, both historically, but also contextually, the family you live in, the community you live in, and what role whiteness plays in that. Hmm. It takes a special kind of white privilege to make racism all about you, (laughs) you racist. It has to stop there, right? Most of us in doing this work have experienced this where there's a period of deep shame for being white and for acknowledging the harm that our ancestors have caused. And that's a very legitimate piece of this work. And we can't ask people of color to hold our hands through the shame piece. That needs to happen with other white people. Is this not a cult or what? Somebody call the lifeguard because these people are off the deep end and drowning and it's self-pity. You know, the world is really upside down when suddenly the voice of reason comes from Reverend Al Sharpton. 
If you're sitting around sipping lattes in the Hamptons, talking about what's going on in Harlem, you may not know the progress that we have made in terms of going from not being able to vote in my mother and father's generation to electing a black president in my generation. I think that there are those that are in the business of pessimism and that dampens forward progress and dampens movements. It doesn't advance them. Oh, my God. I'm agreeing with Al Sharpton. <laughs> Tyrus, what do I do? What do I do? Listen, I do that all the time whenever I agree with you. It's tough. <laughs> You'll get through it. You know, you just, you're going to ask a lot of questions why. There's going to be a lot of time in the mirror. Listen, ah, man, there's a part of me that thinks this is great. Oh, I will never wait in line again with white people. I'll be like, excuse me, why am I behind you? Is this what you want? What were you drinking? Excuse me, start my Starbucks line days are over. <laughs> oh, privilege? Damn. Like, this is ridiculous. And I would just like to once again go back to the human being thing. The white people who are like, I'm so sorry. I'm like, how many slaves did you own exactly? <laughs> when did you let them go? Yeah. Did you give them their 40 acres? What? Well, no, I didn't actually do that. My, my father was a mechanic. My mother was a teacher. So you didn't actually participate in the slavery? Yeah. No. Uh, how many lynchings have you attended? Um, none. Hmm. You should be ashamed of yourself. What the hell is wrong with people? Everybody on there is living in a very safe, happy world where you can talk about the context of the mental image of what it was been like. If I'm not pissed about it, what are you mad about? Yeah, no. This it, is ridiculous. Yo, Kat, you know what it is? It's like they are throwing their ancestors under the bus. But it's like, I, you don't take credit for what Albert Einstein did. Why should you take the blame for some racist in the 1860s? Oh, and Albert Einstein was my grandfather. <laughs> <laughs> no, at first I was like, why would anybody want to go hang out, you know, with, and just hate themselves with a bunch of other people who are also hating themselves? And I realized that's basically all the My Chemical Romance concerts I went to in high school. <laughs> um, but, look, I think honor, honest conversations about race are important, right? But in terms of conversations, and I do have decades of experience with conversations, I'll say that starting it off with, hey, you're a piece of and so come hang out and we'll make you feel really, really bad because a piece of like you deserves it. Not the best way to open up a conversation about anything and could potentially maybe turn some people off from wanting to talk to you at all or talk about these yeah. things at all. It's funny, uh, Caitlin. So the, 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 these people accuse others of racism, but in, them, in their own accusations are actually kind of racist themselves. Of course they are. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I'm running in California. I'm running it as a Republican. Oh yes. My God. You know, this you're is, a racist. In the Caitlin, bluest, the in the bluest of blue states. Oh my gosh, I even wore blue. You know, today because I'm running in the bluest of blue states. But the Republican Party gets so much blame for the racist thing and all of that. Um, but I, I run as an inclusive Republican, right. and I've been saying this forever. Um, uh, I've always been on the Republican side. Why? Because I have conservative economic values right. that, that work every time in history. Mm -hmm. We lower taxes, less regulations, a pro-business environment. It has worked. And that's why I've always been on the Republican side. But I'm also on the social issues. I'm an inclusive Republican. Right. And the Republican Party never gets that. I mean, people look at the Republican Party as you are a bunch of racists, you know. Mm -hmm. 
I don't want to be put in the box of what the Republican Party is, okay? That's people's perception. I'm outside of the box, obviously. I think the Republican Party needs to change. Mm. And I'm kind of the poster child for change. <laughs> yes. Yes. So, you know, that's a good thing. Mm. And, um, and so uh, 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 we have to be more inclusive as Republicans. As a Catholic, I have enough Catholic guilt. Like, I don't need the white guilt on top of that, okay? Like, seriously. It's like a confessional. They're in there, like, it feels telling good their to sins. Them. It's a cult. It's it a, is cult. a cult. It's a it cult. Is. It's like where they bring you in, you have to confess your sins, and then you got to buy their product, and you can never actually graduate from the cult because you're always going to be guilty. You're going to have the original sin of racism with you at all times, and you're going to still be there. It gives them an identity. I think they're empty, sad people. All right. Real quick, identity, yes. at least find out what kind of white person you are. She's from Poland. I don't think they were big slavers. <laughs> find out where you're from before you say white you is all inclusive. ruling over right. a lot of things globally. Thank you. Hey, we are out of time. Awesome, Caitlyn Jenner. You got it's over. You're coming back. Mercedes, Pat, Tyrus, our studio audience. I'm Greg Gutfeld. I love you, America. Hi, everybody. It's Brian Kilmeade. I want you to join me weekdays at 9 a.m. East as we break down the biggest stories of the day with some of the biggest newsmakers and, of course, what you think. Listen live or get the podcast now at briankilmeadeshow.com.